Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. It's good to, good to see you. Merry Christmas Eve, I guess. Uh, it, it's, it's good to be here this morning and to worship together. Uh, it's good to, to finish uh, and, and come to the, the last Sunday of Advent um, and the last Sunday of our series through the songs of Luke's gospel, Heaven and Nature Sing. We've seen Mary's song. We've seen Zachariah's song. Uh, we've seen the angels. Last week we saw the angels' song. And today we see Simeon's, uh, Simeon's song. Uh, and and uh, Christmas is is a, a time um, you know we have our you know we have our elementary kids in here today Family Sunday, um, and Christmas is a time where uh, we open presents right. Are there, are there any uh, kids in here who are excited about opening presents uh, this Christmas? Got some okay. Any adults in here who are excited also? That's uh, okay. It's good. It's good to be excited. Uh, this, this is uh, this is one of the. Uh, the, the, the promises, I think, of this Christmas season, certainly one of the most exciting promises to, uh, to, to small children, uh, is, the, is this promise, we will open presents, right? And whether it's, it's an explicit uh, t- telling when that's going to happen, whether it's uh, just the wrapped present under the tree with their name on it, right? There's this, this promise, isn't there? There's this a commitment, you're going to get to open presents, and it's, it's a valuable advice for parents that you, you specify exactly when that will be and make that very clear or else you'll answer questions. 9,000 questions per day. Can we open presents now? Can we open presents now? When are we going to open presents? Right? They, because why? They, they're looking forward to that. They want to know when it's going to be. We will open presents. That's, that's a promise. Um, and then, of course, the, the time comes, whether it's Christmas Eve for you, whether it's Christmas morning, whenever that happens, uh, you, you know that moment, kids, when you get to come into the room, see the presents, and tear into them, and, and what a great moment that is. And, and what is that? That's the fulfillment of the promise, right? The promise of, of getting presents. Ah, we've, we've gotten them. Uh, this, this is the fulfillment. And this passage uh, today is really about, about that. It's about promise and fulfillment, it's about a promise that God makes and how he fulfills his promise. And so uh, in Simeon's song today, we're going to ask three simple questions uh, with Simeon. We're going to say, who was he? Who was he? Uh, what did he sing? What was his song? And what does Simeon teach us? What does Simeon teach us? So let's take a moment and pray together, and then we'll jump into the, the text today. Just take a moment in your seat uh, to, to pray to the Lord for, for yourself. Would you ask that God would speak to you? If you're, uh, you're kind of new here, you're not used to praying, um, you, you can just speak to God in your head. He, he knows your, he can see your thoughts, which is kind of, can be a scary thought, but he, he knows what you're thinking. And so you can just say to him in your mind, God, would you please speak to me uh, through the Bible? Next, take a moment just to pray for the person next to you on the row, the perfect person around you, um, your family, your friends, uh, a fellow brother or sister in Christ, uh, a stranger you don't know. Just pray for God knows them. Pray for them that God would speak to them. And last, would you pray for me? Would you pray that I would be faithful to God's word this morning and that I would be helpful to you?
Father, you know that we need you. We are nothing without you. We can do nothing good without you. Um, I, I'm, I can't change a heart. I don't have the eloquence. I don't have the power. I don't have the skill to change even my own heart. Lord, but you specialize in that. And so would you speak to us? Would you speak to us through the noise, through the distraction, through all of the busyness of this season, Lord? Would we, would we hear your voice by your spirit? And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. First, who was Simeon? Who was Simeon? Uh, well, uh, we, we see Luke introduces us to him in verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Um, first of all, let's talk about Simeon's, where he was. He said he was in Jerusalem, okay? Um, Jerusalem in the first century, I think it's, it's good to remember, especially as we think about Jesus' birth in this time, uh, was, was not a uh, very pleasant place. <laughs> it was not a very happy place. Uh, it was a place that was in great turmoil and great um, uh, distress, Israel had been occupied for, for hundreds of years, right? From uh, the Assyrians uh, in the 700s and the Babylonians in the 500s, uh, Persia, Greece. Um, there was a brief time, that, that about 150 years before Jesus was born, uh, there was a brief time where the, the Maccabees led their revolt and it established the Hasmonean dynasty, which was a, a Jewish state. Um, but, but about 50 years before Christ, uh, that had been uh, taken over by Rome, right? Rome had come in and occupied uh, Israel. And, and Herod uh, was the king. Herod the Great was uh, the, the, the client king under Rome um, of, of this area. And, uh, and, but he was getting old, right? And Herod was known, uh, this is not the Herod who would try Jesus later on in, 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 the, in his life. Um, that was Herod Antipas, one of, one of Herod the Great's sons. Um, this is the, the uh, what, what historians call, Herod, who historians call Herod the Great. Um, and he was a, a, a very, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, fickle, very... Um, paranoid ruler, um, especially toward the end of his rule. We know that he killed uh, all the babies in, in the area, all the, all the baby boys in the area of Bethlehem when he heard there was a, a king that was supposed to be born there. Um, this is from a historian. Uh, it says this, by 4 BCE, Herod the Great was coming to the end of a long career that was bloody and, and paranoid, even by the standards of Hellenistic uh, monarchies. He ruled through the tactics of terror and widespread surveillance that sometimes sound like a foretaste of Stalinism. Herod had killed multiple members of his family and in the year 4 BC was in the process of trying and executing his son Antipater for alleged treason. He also systematically wiped out all the male claimants from the old Hasmonean royal dynasty. And so this is, this is Herod. Um, Herod the Great, uh, is, is, right, his, his, uh, his rule is, is quite tumultuous, and then he dies. He dies in 4 BCE. Um, so this is right around the time you know, that, that Jesus was born, right around, this is Simeon's world. This is where he would live. Um, and, and the year that he dies, 4 BCE, uh, there, were, there were several revolts. There were several uh, people who, uh, you know, the Jewish nationalist people who are trying to rise up and, and say, maybe this is the time Herod's dead. Maybe this is the time that we throw off the Roman rule. Um, and Rome came in and, and uh, squashed them, right? Rome wasn't known for its, uh, its diplomacy, right? It was known for its military strength and power. And there were several massacres in Jerusalem right around uh, th this time. And so this is the, the, this is the Jerusalem where Simeon lives, Right, this is, it's it's not uh, peaceful. It's it's a tumultuous time. It's a uh, it, it's a, um, a a terrifying time, frankly, to live um, 
in Jerusalem, in, in Roman-occupied uh, Jerusalem. But this is where Simeon is. And he's, he's in, in Jerusalem, Simeon is a common name. Uh, and I think Simeon was a regular, regular guy, regular Jewish uh, believer, right? Um, he, uh, Simeon, uh, you know, some traditions say that he was a priest, uh, but we don't, there's no uh, evidence of that here. Uh, it doesn't say anything about him being a priest. I don't think he was. Um, traditionally, he's also seen as being an old man. Uh, and and uh, again, he could have been, but it doesn't specifically say that. It says, you know, I think that's usually partially because he's linked with Anna, who's right after him, who is an old lady, right? She specifically talks about her age. Um, we don't get Simeon's age. I think also because he says, uh, you know, I, you can dismiss your servant in peace. It's like, that's, that's often interpreted. I, I, I can die now in peace. And people think of an old man saying that. Um, but we don't know. We don't know how old uh, or young Simeon was. I tend to think of him as a mature uh, older man, but we don't know. What, what do we know about him? Well, first, what does Luke tell us? This man was righteous and devout, right? He was righteous and devout. The, the Simeon was a man who, uh, he loved others well. He was righteous. He treated others justly and fairly. He followed God's law in, in loving others. Right? He treated people well. He, he was righteous. And he was devout. He was, uh, he, he, he was careful about uh, following the law. He was careful about worship, about his worship and how he served God and loved God. Right? Which is impressive if you think of his his context, like the, the religious, the, the cultural and political context of his time. What, what, when, you, when there's instability, what are we all tempted to do? Oh, we've got to take care of myself, cut corners, like, be, like hoard things, right? And this is not Simeon. No, he, he treated others well, and he treated and he loved and worshiped God, who's righteous and devout. Second, it says he was looking forward to Israel's consolation, he was looking forward to Israel's consolation. What does this mean? The consolation, to console, means to comfort. Right? He's looking forward to the comfort of Israel. Uh, I, Simeon clearly uh, was a man of the scriptures, as we might imagine. Uh, and, and specifically through, through this language, the consolation of Israel, and also through the language of his psalm, or his, his song, we can see, uh, we see shadows of the prophet Isaiah, especially Isaiah, the end of Isaiah, Isaiah 40 through 66. There's so many uh, parallels between what, he, what Isaiah said and what Simeon sings here. Um, and and this, this language, the consolation, is, it, it looks back to Isaiah chapter 40, which says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of hard service is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord hand double for all her sins. And then, and then a few verses later, it says, and the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so Simeon reads this in Isaiah, right? And he, he believes it. <laughs> he, believes, he believes that God will comfort his people. And so he's looking forward to it. Looking forward, it says. He's longing for Israel's consolation. And number three, what does it say? about What's the next thing Luke tells us about Simeon? That he's, the Holy Spirit is upon him. The Holy Spirit is upon him. Uh, this is unique. You know, in the Old Testament, we, we see the Holy Spirit fill some people for service. We see uh, him fill some people in, in certain ways and at certain times, but, but we don't see the Holy Spirit indwell people as we do in the New Covenant, right? As Christians, we know the Holy Spirit, God himself dwells in us. Um, but that wasn't the case. The Holy Spirit hadn't yet been given. 
And so this is a, this is a very unique and very special uh, blessing to Simeon. The Holy Spirit was on him. God's presence was with him specifically. And the Holy Spirit had told him that he would not see death before, uh, before he saw the Messiah. He would see God's Messiah, God's promised king before he died. This was a special promise to Simeon. And so he waited, right? And he longed and he looked forward to this happening. So this is Simeon. Next, what, what did he sing? What did he sing? Well, let's look at his song in 27. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. That's the way to go to church. Guided by the Spirit, right? That's how we should all go to church. Um, he, he entered the temple. When the, the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, right? When the, the, we see even Mary and Joseph doing, keeping the law, right? Even at the very early, being circumcised on the eighth day, uh, providing the ransom price as the firstborn son as the law required. Uh, verse 28, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God and said, now master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. What does is, what is Simeon sing? Well, the, the first part of his song, um, he, he says, you have kept your promise. And now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace. Either I, I can die in peace because of what you've shown me, or, or I, I'm, I'm dismissed from this watching and this waiting that I've been doing, this task you've given me. I, I, it's complete because of what you have shown me. As you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. God, you've kept your promise to me and I've seen your salvation. And you might ask, how can he say that? Right? Has he seen Jesus' ministry? Has he seen Jesus die on the cross? Has he seen Jesus rise from there? This is salvation. This is how we are saved. No. Right? And no matter how, I mean, even if, if Simeon's a relatively young man, he probably didn't live 33 more years to see and get to, get to see Jesus' ministry and get to see his work. So how can he say this? My eyes have seen your salvation. Well, by the Holy Spirit, right? The, the Holy Spirit has told him this is the Messiah. This is the one who will save my people. This is the one who will comfort my people. This is the promised king. Right? Uh, salvation is here. Salvation is in him. In this baby, there is salvation. And this is the, the uh, this can be the, the, the grading part maybe of the Christmas message for some people. Right? Because the Christmas message, as, as joyous as it is, as wonderful as it is, Right? It mean, what, what, it, what it says is we need salvation. We need to be saved. We're not good in ourselves. <laughs> we can't make it on our own. Right, and salvation has come. Salvation has come in this child, in this baby. And the same salvation that, that Simeon talks about is the same salvation that's available for you and me today, the same salvation that's available until he comes. He's gonna tell us more about this salvation in verse 31. You have prepared it for the peoples in the presence of all the peoples. It's not just for Israel anymore. It's for all the peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. 
and glory to your people Israel. And we see here so much the echoes of Isaiah, right? The echoes from the, the end of Isaiah. For instance, Isaiah 52, 10. The Lord has displayed his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 56, 1. This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice and do what is right for my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Isaiah 60, starting in verse 1. And you see, the, you see the parallels here between, you see uh, in Simeon's uh, the, the, the light imagery, the light, the glory, the shining. You see in, in 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. We see here this was always the plan for the people of God, right? that the people of God would, would so know and love and follow him, right? that God's glory would so be over his people uh, that they would shine out to the nations. They would be a light to the nations that all the nations of the earth would see and would come and would worship the God of Israel. Israel failed at this task. But we see in Jesus, the true Israel has come. We see that the, the, the true people of God, all of it fulfilled in Christ, that the glory of God has come to Israel. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Glory came to Israel to shine out over all the nations, a, a light for revelation of the Gentiles. The Gentiles will know, they will see now the salvation of our God because of this glory that has now come to Israel because of this baby Simeon holds in his hands. Do you see promise and fulfillment? Promise and fulfillment. Promise from Isaiah to God's people. Light would come and a fulfillment as, as Simeon holds this baby boy. He is here. The Messiah has come. A promise to Simeon. You will see the Messiah before he dies. Before you die. And the fulfillment to Simeon as he holds this baby, this is him, this is God's salvation. That's Simeon's song. And so let's ask, and, and third, what, what does Simeon teach us? What does Simeon teach us? What can we learn here from this wonderful story? Um, well, uh, three things. First is hope. Hope. Uh, and, and specifically where hope comes from, right? Simeon teaches us, Simeon knew that hope didn't come from anything in this world, right? He, his hope was that, that someone would intervene, that God himself would intervene from outside the world, that God himself would come and would act and in time and in history, and he did, Right? In the same way, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in, in a political uh, regime. Our hope is not in a candidate. Our hope is not in uh, social change. Our hope is not in education. Our hope is not in, uh, in any kind of reform or, or any kind of uh, you know, free market system. No, no, our hope is that someone outside this world will intervene, has intervened in Christ and will intervene again in time and in history our only hope is outside of this world. 
and that he would intervene. And he did. And Simeon saw, he saw the salvation of our God. Second, Simeon teaches us about joy. Simeon teaches us about joy. Think of uh, so many Jews, right, at that time. Uh, So many Jews in Jesus' lifetime who, who were around him who met him, who heard him teach, who saw his miracles, but, but who missed him. They didn't understand. They didn't know who he was. They didn't see him for who he was. Our Simeon saw none of that that we know of, not, none of the miracles, none of the, the teaching, but he knew, he saw, didn't he? By faith. And somehow, somehow, Simeon was able even amidst uh, political, you know, cultural upheaval, hardship, occupied Roman occupation, uh, massacres, and he, he, through, throughout, through such hardship, such, such tumult, he was able to keep his heart alive to God. He was able to keep his heart in joy. And by joy, I mean in the C.S. Lewis sense of joy, the longing, longing for God. Right? He, he, he was looking forward to Israel's consolation. He was longing for God to come. And think of it, the promise, 800 years before, hundreds of years before, he read that promise, and, and even then, even after hundreds of years of occupation, after it seemed like it was not going well, doesn't seem, it seems like nothing's going according to the plan of God, he still has joy, he still has longing in his heart, he still he worships, he's righteous and devout, he's devoted to God. And Simeon didn't miss the work of God in his generation. You see, he saw. He was blessed in that he saw God work. Right? He believed that God was faithful and he saw God's work in his day. And I wonder if, if we are the same. Right? Will we... Be faithful to God. Will we keep the fire burning in our hearts? Right? Will we keep the fire of, of joy, the fire of longing, the fire of, we want God. We want, him, we, we want to see his kingdom come. We want to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will we keep that fire burning or will we be so distracted by what's happening in our day-to-day, by what's happening in our country, by what's happening in our world that we miss the work of God in our time and in our generation? May God make us like Simeon. May our hearts burn with joy, with longing for him. He teaches us about hope. He teaches us about joy. And lastly, he, he teaches us about trust. He teaches us about trust. Simeon teaches us that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. I think if Simeon were here, that's what he would say. God keeps his promises. You can trust him. You can believe him. Right? And, and you might say, well, what, what promises do we have? Oh, uh, a million, right? We, we, we can look back to the same scripture that Simeon did. We can look back to Isaiah. We can read these prophecies and go, that was fulfilled in Christ. And, it, and also, it's not yet fulfilled. It's still coming. There's still more to be had. It's going to be fulfilled in Christ when he comes. And, and more than that, we have... So many, so many promises in the New Testament. We've seen so much more than Simeon saw. 
Right, here's, and I just cherry pick some. Here's just some, some promises from the New Testament. In Acts, it started right at the beginning, right? When Jesus ascends, after he, ta- he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching and the clouds took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them, angels. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? Which I think is a funny question. It's like, because Jesus just ascended. <laughs> That's the answer. Uh, this same Jesus who has been taken away from you to heaven will come in the same way that you've seen him going into heaven. From the very start, this was the promise. He will return. He will come back. Philippians 3.20, right? Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter tells us the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Peter says in 2 Peter, uh, but based on his promise, based on his promise, we wait for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Straight from Jesus himself, the end of Revelation. Look, I'm coming soon. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Look, I am coming soon. My Jesus, what what promises do we have? A million. And these, that Jesus will come again. He promised, I am coming soon. I will come again. Right, as, we, as we celebrate Advent, this is what we, we, we celebrate. We look back, we look back to his coming as the first Advent, and then we look forward to the, his last Advent. And if you look at this, this timeline, right? Uh, I just want to parallel these here. So the promise, right? From, from Isaiah, 800 years before, light will come. Right? And then Simeon in the first century believed God. He believed God and he saw God's work in his day and he saw the beginning of the fulfillment of Jesus' advent, his first advent. He held the baby Christ in his arms. Jesus grew up. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose in victory. He ascended to heaven. He is the Lord of all. And before he left, he said, I will come again. I will come again. And, and this is where we live, isn't it? This is our context. In the 21st century, you and I, in the 21st century, right? just like Simeon had the promises from Isaiah hundreds of years before, we have the promises from Jesus and from the writers of the New Testament hundreds of years ago, 2,000 years ago, right? that Jesus will return. Do we, do we believe the promises? Do we long for his return? Do we, do we long to see him again? Because we can go to the bank that his promises will be fulfilled, that Jesus will come again. His advent, his second advent, will fulfill all of the promises. He will do what he said. God is faithful. And so, children, as you open presents, Tomorrow, tonight, whenever you do it, I remember, right? Just like that, that is the fulfillment of so much waiting, of so much longing, right? That's the fulfillment. Remember, God is going to fulfill his promises. There's going to be, it's like going to be Christmas morning, but a million times better, right? When he returns, 
Right, the gift, that, the best gift that we've ever gotten is that Christ came once. And the next best gift we'll ever get is that he will come again and he'll make everything right. right and, and, and parents, right, as we you know, crank down our ACs so that we can start up the hearth and get the fire going in our houses, right, you gotta do it for, for nostalgia. Um, <laughs> right, but can, we, can, we also, can we also commit to stoking the flame in our own heart? To, 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 like stoking the affection for Christ, that we would remember our first love, that we would remember the joy and the longing that he is the only one who can meet our needs. He's the only one who can fulfill us. He's the only one who can console us. He's the one, we need. he's our hope. And he will come. And he'll come, he'll come Emmanuel, we sing I know what's that? That's the longing. That's the longing. We're about to sing, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Would God give us longing hearts for him? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your faithfulness. There is no one like you who is so faithful, who does exactly what he says. Lord, we are so fickle and we, we fail at keeping our promises often, but you never do. Every word of the Lord proves true that you have, keep, you have kept every one of your promises and you will keep them to the end. Lord, it's so easy for us. It's so easy for us to forget. It's so easy for us to be distracted. It's so easy for us to, to put our hope on and, and things here. Uh, so easy for us to put our hope just even in our own material comfort and that we'll have a nice life, and that we'll be comfortable, and our families will be comfortable. It's so easy for us to be distracted. And so would you break through, and even, even this Christmas season, even tonight and tomorrow and the next day, as we, as we think about you, would you pierce our hearts again with your love? <laughs> would we remember how you have loved us, that you've come for us, Will we remember how much we needed saving and that you gave everything for us? Lord, for anyone in here, Father, and for, for everyone in, in, our, in our families that we'll see and we'll spend time with, for everyone who doesn't, uh, everyone connected to people in this room who doesn't know you, Lord, would you shine your love into their hearts this season? Would they see not only that you're the savior of the world, not only the, 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 this historical truth of your death and your resurrection, but would they see the personal truth that you did it for them, you did it out of love? Thank you, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.